Hey, good morning once again, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. My name's Nick. I'm one of the pastors here at Hershey Free, and I'm just so excited that you're joining us. Today's actually a really special Sunday. It's what we call a family Sunday. It's a Sunday where we intentionally design our service to be engaging for people across all generations so our kids and our students can worship together. And in fact, this is part of the vision of our family ministries team here at Hershey Free. Our family ministries team is comprised of myself, of Caitlin Hahn, of Amy Miller, and of Deb Hinkle. And we come together from across all different ministries that relate to families and say, how can we intentionally create opportunities for families to engage in, in worship and discipleship together? And so on Sundays like this, we, we design the services to be interactive and engaging and, and to help with that discipleship process. You see, our heart is to come alongside of you as parents, as families, and to give you unique opportunities to walk together and engage with one another in this discipleship process. More and more studies are showing that that after adults turn 20 years old, every two out of three adults will leave the church. However, studies are also showing that if families consistently worship together and make going to church, participating in the service corporately together a habit a rhythm we see those numbers decrease drastically and so we want to do that we want to be able to curate opportunities for you as families to engage and worship together and we also want to create opportunities in our kids step and our core student ministries programs to help your students and your children on that discipleship pathway and so our desire here is that we see families worship together and lay a strong foundation for intergenerational community. And so I hope that this is just one of many services that you as a family will be able to worship together in. This morning, we are kicking off a brand new series called Snapshots of Christmas. I'm really excited for this series as we're going to kind of step into different snapshots or pictures or scenes in the Christmas story and dig into what it means for us as followers of Jesus. This morning, before we even get going, though, I want you to think about this question. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? As we approach the season of waiting, of of anxiously anticipating Christmas, what are you waiting for? And just to get those creative juices flowing, take a moment and watch this video with me. I can't wait until Christmas. We can't wait to see our daughter Olivia take her first steps. I can't wait for my baby boy to be born. We can't wait for a puppy. We can't wait to be teenagers. I can't wait to get my driver's license. Oh, hey. I'm just uh, working on my uh, mechanical vibrations homework on uh, ground resonance. I can't wait to graduate. I can't wait to get a job doing the type of work that I'm most interested and invested in. We We can't can't wait for our kids to come home for Christmas. I can't wait to retire. Man, I love that video. I love just watching some of those kids. And maybe you can resonate with that, right? Maybe you're sitting there and you're going, I'm waiting for a dog too. Or maybe you're waiting for a kitty. Maybe you're a cat person like me. I don't know, right? Or maybe you're sitting there going, I I resonate with those last two kids who were like, I can't wait till I retire. I don't know if you're their age, maybe a little bit older, but we can all resonate with that. So here's what I want you to do. 
we're going to take this a little bit further, okay? I want you to take the next 30 seconds, and I want you to look to who's ever sitting next to you, okay, on your left and your right, and I want you to take a moment, and I want you to actually turn to them and tell them what you're waiting for, and let them tell you what they're waiting for. And if you're at home, and you're, you're maybe watching this with your dog or your kitty, or maybe you're just chilling on your couch by yourself today, why don't you do this? Why don't you, why don't you grab a piece of paper, okay? Grab a piece of paper and write down what you're waiting for. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds, all right? I'm going to pull out my phone. I'm going to give you a little stopwatch. We're going to do 30 seconds, all right? Ready? Go. Five more seconds, five more seconds. There we go, 30 seconds. All right, hopefully you had enough time. If you didn't, the cool thing is you can hit that pause button and take more time if you needed to, okay? But here's the thing, you know, I think so often, like, we think about this, and as we think about what we're waiting for, it, it brings up all the memories, the excitement, the, the anticipation for what this season holds, right? I, you know, I love thinking about Christmas, one of the things I can't wait for when it comes to Christmas are some of the traditions that my wife Elise and I have. We love during the Christmas season at nighttime, we'll, we'll bundle up, we'll make like that big cup of hot cocoa with like tons of whipped cream, marshmallows, and the sprinkles. We'll put it in a travel cup. We'll hop in the car. We'll turn on like that Christmas music station super loud, and we drive around. We just look at all the cool Christmas lights in the area. It's awesome. I love that tradition. Or like Christmas morning. I mean, maybe some of you, that's what you talked about you're waiting for was Christmas morning, right? And for me, it's, it's not so much about the gifts anymore. Like, I, I love gifts, don't get me wrong. I love to give and receive them. But I love the traditions that Elise and I have built on Christmas morning. We kind of take it easy. We wake up at our own pace on Christmas morning. We come down, we make a big cup of coffee because, you know, coffee is life, right? And so we have the coffee, and then we open up our stockings, and we kind of pause after stockings, and we make homemade cinnamon rolls. It's a recipe that has been passed down through Elise's family, and it's honestly the best cinnamon roll I've ever had. And we, and we just take time making those cinnamon rolls, and then we have to make time to eat them, of course. And then we open gifts, and it just becomes this huge celebration for us. And we also spend time reading the Christmas story. It's just an awesome, awesome tradition that I, I look forward to and I'm waiting for. But you know what? I think even in asking this question, I think we have to, we, we have to understand that Waiting isn't always easy. In fact, you know, maybe you're watching that video or maybe you saw this question on the screen and, and for you, you, you sat there and you went, you know, that's all good and well. And yeah, there are, there are happy things we can wait for, Nick, but there are some really heavy things that I'm waiting for right now. I mean, maybe, maybe you're in the season of waiting at this, at this very moment and this time of year simply heightens it just makes it that much larger, the weight and the angst that you're feeling. Maybe you've been wrestling with the issue of infertility. And maybe you're just waiting for that positive test to come and it seems like it never will. Maybe you're just waiting for school to end because then you won't have to be around those bullies anymore. And all those expectations that are put on you, you can finally let go. Maybe, maybe you're going through a period of ongoing illness 
that has just debilitated you, it's just broken you down, and you're just waiting for healing. Maybe your, your marriage right now isn't doing well. Maybe it's really, really rough. At this point, you're just praying for restoration and reconciliation. You're waiting anxiously for that. Maybe you're waiting to actually be loved. Maybe you're feeling like nobody loves you and you're just going to be alone and, and you just wish that it would just all work out. Maybe you're waiting for a job where you're actually appreciated and your boss doesn't speak down to you. Waiting is hard. And I think this time of year, especially for us, it can just exasperate those moments, those feelings. And I get that. You know, I, I talked earlier about how, for Elise and I, we have these traditions that we, we love to do. We love to go and, and listen to Christmas music and look at Christmas lights. We love to celebrate on Christmas morning. But honestly, the thing that I'm waiting for is to be a dad. And part of our, our, part of our story for Elise and I is we've been walking that infertility track for many, many years. We've seen the doctors. We've tried different things. We've been prayed for, prayed over, and we have prayed for it numerous times, time and time again. Like, my wife would be an amazing mom. I'd love to have a kid that, that I could teach how to, how to make cinnamon rolls with, that I could take out and, and teach them how to drive. And if I'm being honest, this time of year just heightens that just heightens that, that, that feeling of waiting and frustration and questioning and wondering what's happening. And I think as we look at these snapshots of Christmas, we realize that there are people in Jesus' story who are waiting as well. And my hope today is this. My hope as we walk through our message this morning is that we realize that yes, waiting is hard and at times it will cause us to ask questions and perhaps even to doubt, but we have to understand that the gift that God offers us provides us with hope and comfort as we wait for his return. You see, I think part of the Christmas story is exactly about waiting. But it's not about waiting in the tension or the angst, or the fear, or the frustration. It's about waiting in hope. It's about waiting and recognizing that that hope and comfort come as we wait for God. As we wait for him to move. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about what it's like to actually wait in hope. And I want to look at what that actually is first. And then to say, okay, how do we actually put the, the rubber to the road and make this something that we do? Because I think for a lot of us, as we're waiting, we don't always wait. We don't always anticipate in hope. We allow for the other emotions, for the circumstance, the problems to compel us to, to ask questions and to doubt and to turn away and be frustrated and bitter. But I think part of the Christmas message is going, do you understand there is hope? That there is something greater? And this morning, my hope for you is that if you are going through that period of waiting, 
that what you hear is that God is present with you. That he is there and he is helping you to move through that. And this morning I want to maybe highlight that for us by looking at the story of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. And in fact, John was prophesied about back in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah 43, we read this. It says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And what Isaiah is doing is he's saying, look, there is going to come an ambassador, a herald, this announcer who will proclaim that the Messiah is coming. And this is going to be that guy. And what Isaiah is doing in that moment, he didn't know John the Baptist personally, but he was prophesying about this, this child who would be born, who would herald the coming of the Savior of the world. In fact, a little bit later in the, in the, in the Bible, in Luke chapter 2, we read this about, about who John is. This was prophesied about him. It was said that John will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their to their children and the disobedient, to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Again, it is being prophesied to to John's dad that his son is going to be the one who tells everybody who Jesus is, who makes them prepared for the Savior of the world, the greatest gift to come. But here's the crazy thing. From the period of... At the end of the, New, the Old Testament, to the period of the beginning of the New, there was 400 years of silence between God and humanity, where there was no direct interaction like with what we see throughout the Old Testament and the New. And this is a period where people are anxiously waiting for the hope that Isaiah prophesied about. And we get to Luke chapter 2, and that hope is stirred up again, and they're going, but where is it? And then in Luke chapter 3, we read this about John. You see, John had been out in the wilderness for many, many years, preparing, getting ready for his mission. And he comes back, and John had a mission, which was to direct everybody to who Jesus was, the Messiah. And he says this to people who are asking him questions about what he's doing. He goes, look, I baptize you with water, but there is one who is more powerful than I who will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John is going, look, you guys are asking the questions that I'm asking. Is he coming? You are waiting anxiously. You're wondering if the Messiah is going to show. And I am here to tell you that he's coming. He will be here soon. And what I think the first thing we learn from John when it comes to waiting and hope, it means we have to believe in that hope. The Messiah, the Savior of the world who's coming. You see, John had been prophesied about. John was just an an ordinary dude who was given a mission by God to prepare for the Messiah, to prepare the world for his coming. John had not seen Jesus at this point. As he's doing his ministry, John had been doing his ministry faithfully, trusting that the Messiah would show up. He had known Jesus, they were cousins, but at this point he's out doing what he's called to do. He believed in him. And he was calling the people to believe in him. You see, if if we are to wait and hope, we first have to believe in that hope. We have to understand that that hope is real, that that hope is something tangible that we can hold on to. That hope is something that will change us. 
See, our, our propensity is so often to focus on the problem, the tension, the issue at hand. And I think the first thing we need to do when it comes to waiting and hope is to see the solution, the hope that we have in the Savior, that, that we can stand there and go, I believe in this hope. That's why I can wait in that hope. But as we journey further into the story, as we journey further into the story of, the, uh, of John, John's story doesn't exactly go well. John does his mission. He does what he's supposed to do. But eventually, John is put in jail. And in Matthew 11, verses 2 and 3, we read this. When John, who was in prison, and he heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask the Messiah, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? See, John's, John's life kind of was like ours, right? It was that ebb and flow the high points and the low points. And this is a fairly low point. Like when you're in jail for, for fulfilling the mission that God gave to you, that's kind of a low point. You're like, I did all the right things. I, did, I checked all the check boxes. I, I, I did what you told me to. In fact, John baptized Jesus. And he's like, and now I'm in jail. <laughs> it's like, come on, God. Like this is a really messed up sense of humor. And while he's in jail, he talks to some of his followers, and he's like, look, go find that Jesus guy. Go find my cousin and ask him, are you really the Messiah? I think John was a lot like us. When we get in those difficult moments, when we struggle, and we we don't know what's happening, we ask questions. And I think that's the next idea for waiting in hope is that we seek clarity and understanding. I think so often when we're in the midst of of a a difficult circumstance, we we just kind of shut down. We ask the why question a lot, but like when we don't get the answers we want, we begin to just get frustrated and angry. And I think what we need to do is we wait in hope as we trust in that Savior and we believe in who he is. What we need to do is we need to go to God and say, God, I don't understand. Help me, God, to understand. Help me to trust in you. God, give me me eyes to see like you have. I'll be honest with you. I I think, I don't think many of us would say that's not okay. Like we should do that. But I think many of us would say, but Nick, you don't know how many times I've sought clarity and understanding and it's not come. No, I do. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've asked God why. Like, why am I not a dad? Why us? And it, I don't know if I've gotten that answer yet. It's really, really hard. But you see, I think that's where the next part of waiting and hope comes into play. Because later in the book of Matthew, Jesus replies back to John's disciples. He says to them, go back to John and report to him what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. John's disciples come to him and they're like, man, Jesus, like, John wants to know, are you the Messiah or not? He's asking questions. He's asking why. And Jesus, do you notice he doesn't give them an answer directly? He doesn't say yes or no. But he kind of gives them his resume instead. 
He's like, I could tell you I'm the Messiah, but let me, sh- let me prove it to you. The blind see. The lame walk. Those who are sick, I've healed them. In fact, the dead have been raised to life again, and the good news, the gospel is being proclaimed. And what Jesus is doing, as he's not saying, look how great I am. He's saying, John, do you remember my promises? You see, throughout the Old Testament, just like it was prophesied about who John was, it was prophesied about what the Messiah would do. And a prophecy was a promise, a promise for what would be fulfilled. And Jesus is going, John, I've answered the promises. And you see, I think what Jesus is doing for us, I think he is showing John and showing us that while we're asking those questions and seeking clarity, we need to remember his promises and his faithfulness. We can look back in scripture and see the countless ways that God has answered his promises. We can look back in our lives and see how God has brought us to where we are now and he's worked in our lives and transformed us. And we can rest in that and we can say, yes, God is faithful. And it may not always give us the answer we want. But it gives us the, the ability to believe in the hope that we have. And I think part of that, part of remembering God's promises means that we need to release and let go of the control that we are trying to have. I think for many of us as we wait, part of the tension of waiting is that we try to control that, right? I want to have control. I want to know what's going on. I want to be able to make the right decisions to know the answers. And God's going, just trust me. I've proved I love you. I've proven who I am. Just trust me. In fact, in Matthew 11, just a few verses later, Jesus says this to all of his people. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I think sometimes we can read that, that, that passage, and we just kind of take it for granted. But what Jesus is saying is like, just let go. Stop trying to control the situation. Stop trying to play God. That hurt, that tension, that anxiety, that fear, that doubt, that depression, that hurt, whatever it may be, to wait and hope means releasing it and giving it to me. But the logical question then is, how? How do we wait and hope? It's a great question to ask. And the first way we do that is we change our focus. Instead of looking at the problem, we shift our focus to our Savior and his promises. And for a lot of us, that's easier said than done because the problem is staring us in the face every single day. If your marriage is hurting, every day you wake up, it's there. You're probably dreaming about it. If it's your job, every time you go there, that tension, that weight, just it's on you. It's that burden. If it's the kids at school who pick on you, it's every day you set foot outside your house to get on the bus or get in the car, you're just looking at what's to come. 
And I'm not saying we avoid the problem where we pretend it doesn't exist. I'm saying we shift our focus. We shift our focus and we focus not just on the problem. We focus on our Savior and the promises that he gives. And the truth of that is that when we do that, it's not that it's always going to be a quick fix. I would love to sit here this morning and tell you that by just shifting your focus, like at the end of the day, all the problems are going to go away, but I can't, I would be lying to you. And some of our, some of those tensions won't be fulfilled here, but in eternity. And sometimes waiting in hope means that we are going to have to wait, but we wait acknowledging the promises that God gives us. Revelation 21 says this. The Apostle John is writing about what he sees in a vision of heaven. He goes, look, and then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the first heaven and the first earth, they'd passed away. And there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, dutifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And he is seated on the throne. Said to them, I am making everything new. And he said, so write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. I don't, I don't know if I will ever be a dad in the traditional sense. But I know that that's not forever. I know the pain and the hurt and the tension that comes with that. That while it may not be fulfilled this side of eternity, there is hope that it will on the other. And because we've seen God's promises to be true, we know we know this one is too. Waiting in hope isn't easy. But when we shift our focus, it changes our perspective. And so then what we need to do in that waiting in hope is we need to give our waiting over to God and to trust in him. And that's something that maybe for you, you have to do daily. It is for me. It's something where when those, those moments come up, that, that pain, that tension, that, that, that longing, it's going, okay, God, I'm releasing the control and trusting you. And it's in that moment that I'm reminded that God has given Elise and I a great privilege. The privilege to walk with over 100 students here at Hershey Free. The students that we look at every day is our, our sons and our daughters. Students that we are just so thankful for you as families that you've 
You've afforded us that partnership. It gives us a taste of what it's like to be a real parent. And we are honored for that, and we love you guys so much. And every day when I show up for core, it's a reminder that I can release and let go and give my waiting to God. But there's one other way that we can wait in hope. And it's by this. It's by waiting with one another. I love that, that John's image of revelation of the new earth and the new heaven is not of a single person, but the entire church. And the reality is that there are people who are waiting. Even now, as we look towards this coming season of Christmas, and they're waiting, and they just need somebody to wait with them. Maybe you're not waiting for anything heavy, but maybe God is saying, look, part of me putting you here was intentionally putting you in a place where you can wait with others. To let them know they're not alone because part of that hope as we enter this season is the acknowledgement that we aren't alone. That the Savior of the world came down as a child, that he grew up as a man, as fully God, fully man to experience his life. He knows what it's like to wait. And he knows what it's like to do life with others. And he is calling us as we wait in hope, as we focus on him, as we give our waiting to him, he's also calling us to walk with one another. As we prepare for Christmas, I think this is one of the best things that we can do is to be for one another as we wait. As we wait for healing, for restoration, reconciliation, whatever it is, it's to be for one another. One of the things that we are doing today is we are inviting everybody to write down what they're waiting for. And again, maybe, maybe yours is something like, maybe you are, maybe you're waiting for Christmas gifts on, on Christmas morning, and that's awesome. Or maybe it is that you're waiting for something a little bit more personal. What I'm going to invite you to do is to take time and, and to write it down. Just to write it down. And, and I would also encourage you, what we're doing here at the church is we are taking these sticky notes, and, and we are writing them down, we're, we're hanging them up, and we're going to pray over them as staff throughout the week. And I would encourage you, if you're willing, you can go to hfcinfo.com slash prayer dash request, and you can submit that. You don't even have to put your name. If you want to submit it anonymously, you can, but we want to be able to pray for you and to be a partner with you and walk with you in that waiting. And so what I'm going to do now is, is, is Pastor Bob's going to come back up, and he's going to play a song for you, a song of reflection on what it's like to wait, but also on the hope that we have. And during that time, I would just encourage you just to listen and let the words just wash over you. To listen and pray and just take your request to God and to write that request down. And then I'll come back up here in a moment. Trying to stay the path Somewhere between the promise And the place it comes to pass Who knows what it'll cost me Or how long it'll last But I told you I would follow And I'll never take it back 
on every word you ever said For I know you're faithful I'm still waiting on a will promises But I know you're able So ever I stray If ever I fall Won't you call me homeward Won't you call me homeward you more than once to hurry up the plan What if where you want me is exactly where I am Cause what I learned from waiting is waiting never lies Well you didn't bring me this far just to bring me back No you're too good I'll hang on every word you ever said For I know you're faithful I'm still waiting on a wealth of promises But I know you're able So if ever I stray, if ever I fall Won't you call me homeward Won't you call me homeward Sometimes I feel you And sometimes I feel like I don't It's more than a feeling It's like seeing the invisible Yet somehow I see All that lies at the end of the road And I don't know the timing So I'm guessing it's not mine to know Lord, help me believe it All those days when I feel like I don't I learn faith isn't fearless It's just trusting when you fear the most And someday I'll see it Reach the house at the end of the road Should that road leave me lonely Well, I know that I'm never alone During that song and in the beginning, I wrote down that I can't wait to be a dad. And in that moment, 
I was able to release him and to say, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to give this to you. And by taking it and submitting it and putting it on the wall, I was able to practice that sense of release. And I want you to know that whatever you wrote down, please know you're not alone, that there is a hope. That that hope came down to earth over 2,000 years ago in the form of a little child, an infant, born to an unwed mother who was a virgin. And because of that, he grew into a man who was the savior of the world. And we have a hope that even these things that we are waiting for, that they will be fulfilled in him. And so I just want to encourage you, if you have not already, to go ahead and submit that, to know there are people praying for you. I would encourage you, as you're watching at home, if you wrote something down, to go ahead and maybe put it somewhere where you can see and just continue to pray over it and take it to God. But know that there is hope, my friends. Know that you're not alone. Know that there is a restorative process coming when there will be no more pain, no more tears, no more death. And our hope will be completed in Christ. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you so much for the promise of hope that you give us. We acknowledge this may not have been the traditional kickstart to Christmas that we were hoping for. But perhaps it was the kickstart we needed to be honest and transparent with ourselves, with you, and with others. God, I pray for the, the people, my friends who are waiting. God, first help them to know they're not alone. That there are people who are for them, people who love them. God, and I pray also as well that you just bring them peace and help them to trust in your promises as they seek to let go of the control. As we enter this Christmas season, Father, maybe a Christmas season that is fresh and new to us, that we approach with a new perspective as we wait and hope for the return of our Savior, as we wait and hope for the fulfillment of the promise, as we wait and hope for the restoration we desperately need. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for the privilege that we have to be together. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you guys have a very, very Merry Christmas season. Please know that if you submit those requests, we will be praying for you. We will be going before the throne for you. Please know you're not alone. And that because we have a Savior, we can anxiously anticipate his return as we wait and hope. Have a great week.